Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And despite us saying last week that we weren't going to be putting out a show this week, an opportunity that we couldn't refuse presented itself, and we have a very special episode with two very special guests. Earlier this week... We spoke to Orient season ticket holder Philip Riccello of Sterling Technologies. They're the men's uh, team sleeve sponsor. We also jointly spoke to investor Jim McCaffrey of Eastill Secured. They're our front of shirt sponsor. Before we dive into that, here's a word from our sponsor. Absolutely. So the podcast is sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, who are based in Chickford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest and the surrounding area for over the last 70 years. And their fantastic team of florists are here for all your needs, whether that is a bespoke wedding event, a family funeral tribute, a birthday, an anniversary, a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah, anything you need flowers for, they can sort you out. And it gets better if you haven't heard of this offer before because they give all Orient fans and staff a whopping 15% off, which could make you an absolute huge saving on any cost you have. So to get in touch with the team, you can give them a call on the phone on 0208 529 4130, or you can go to their website at www.carolangley.co.uk, or you can find the guys on social media. They are on most platforms. You can find them on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist. You can find the team on Twitter at Carol Langley E4. Or you can find the team on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. You absolutely can. So without further ado, sit back, relax, listen to the amazing conversation that we had with Philip and Jim. So Jim, we'll come to you first. Thanks. Thanks again for uh, for giving up some time. So really grateful and really lovely to meet you. So I guess uh, to start with, how did Orient, late Orient, originally end up being on your radar? Yeah, it's a great, great question. I was at a lunch, uh, some property guys, uh, about four, four, four years ago, and one of the guys was wearing a satin jacket uh, with the Orient uh, logo on it. And I, I said to him, I said, where, where, where'd you get the jacket? What's the story? And it turns out uh, he's very good friends with a guy named Coley Parry. Coley's obviously uh, one of the big shareholders, uh, stakeholders in the club. And uh, he said, look, I'll put you in touch with Coley. And I think they're still looking for uh, investors. Uh, so that's how that was the uh, that was the initial foray. Uh, I had a chat with Coley. Uh, I think I agreed to become a shareholder within 15 seconds uh, <laughs> for a variety of reasons that I'll get that I'll get into. But uh it was really you know it was like a lot of these things friends of friends uh it was a bit of a business relationship uh and uh uh just you know it, and that's that was the uh that was the uh the start of start of uh uh you know a love love affair with uh with orient and myself and east still and so forth jim you said it didn't take you long to make the decision to invest in orient what was it about the club and the people that made it such an easy easy choice for you yeah it's uh i think there are really two or three things one is that um uh, i love sport uh i grew up playing sport uh was drafted a million years ago by the phoenix suns tried out for the boston celtics uh played a couple of years of minor league basketball which when you meet me you'll you'll have a hard time believing but uh, i do have some old uh vhs tape that i can show you uh and and uh, and then anyway, my kids were big sports. Uh, were very sporty, 
and my daughter played on the U.S. women's national uh, soccer team. So we uh, fell in love with uh, with soccer stroke football. And um, she had been uh, threatening me that she was going to force me to invest in a U.S. club. And I said, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to invest in a real club. And uh, when this presented itself, it was it was really a combination of, you know, knowing, you know, no, having some uh, familiarity with the other folks that were shareholders, number one. And then when I found out about the club, you know, the history and uh, the brand and just the location, I mean, it all it all fell together. And uh you know we loved it uh we 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 uh we just love the story and uh are really enjoying it amazing and i guess just to fill a, a, a gap in knowledge for anyone that doesn't know what vhs uh, is that is how we used to record and watch tv shows back in the day uh just in case anybody was wondering um that's showing my age as well um okay so uh, re really interesting and, and i guess all the diversity of the board that have come from through different means is, is really interesting but but Eastfield you've gone as you you've gone sort of two steps really you, you you've invested as a as a stakeholder in the in, in Leighton Orient but you've also then put your company's um sort of name on the front of shirt so what made you want to sort of go a step further so put your it was, name on the front of shirt yeah great question uh, when the opportunity uh came up um I my my perspective on it and, and talking to our board and my fellow uh, owners in uh, Eastdale was that uh, what we love, what I love about uh, Orient uh, is, you know, the one tree, one team, one dream culture, uh, fight like an underdog every day. Uh, and uh, that uh, that just the history uh, of the club, uh, I thought that melded very well with uh, with what we're what we're trying to do as a firm uh and then the other would be the community aspect of it uh we've done uh we're now getting more involved in uh in the trust uh and working in the community and we're going to have uh a number of uh days uh where we're going to spend time you know with some of the different programs uh and try to meld uh the trust in with some of our own charity work because we think uh that the community you know it's uh it's a phenomenal community uh, and they're so uh, behind the club that we want to, you know, we want to make sure we're supporting that aspect of it as well. So East Hill, obviously the front of shirt sponsors for any listeners who might not know about East Hill Secured. Can you tell us a bit about the company? Sure. So we're in the property business. We're, uh, we're advisors, uh, one of the largest advisors on the planet. So uh, and have done lots and lots of work in and around London. If you look at the uh, uh, the skyline, uh, the walkie-talkie, the cheese grater, Broadgate, uh, a number of the big student accommodation uh, 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 schemes uh, that are even out in Walthamstow, et cetera. Uh, we're do so we do a lot of work in the UK and across the planet. And basically, we advise owners uh, as to you know how to uh, how to capitalize uh, their real estate assets. So it's a pretty it's a pretty simple business, but we've been around. For 50 years, we're the oldest uh, advisor, uh, so there's a lot of history and a lot of continuity, uh, which would mirror, I think, the um, you know some of the uh, some of, some of the Orient uh, aspects. Thanks, Jim. Really interesting, really sort of diverse, and something that you've you know you mentioned Walthamstow there, so you, you're kind of really in the heart of Walthamstow. Philip, in in terms of yourself, you're an Orient fan, which is which is brilliant. It's always great to be 
uh, interviewing and, and chatting to audit fans who have managed to convince their companies, their businesses to, to part with some hard-earned cash and, and to be a sponsor. But before we get into that side of things, when did you become an Orient fan and why did you become an Orient fan? What, what was your journey into the Orient? Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Paul. And um, hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, so I've, I guess I've been following Leighton Orient as author probably for about six, six or seven years. So really since sort of 2016, when I moved to, to Woodford um, and, you know, I went to a few games, just bought, you know, just bought the old ticket. And I really enjoyed it. I thought the atmosphere was was fantastic. Uh, I thought the football was was great. And so, you know, I ended up buying, you know, not one season ticket, but I think I think we had four season tickets. Uh, for, you know, for myself, my wife, and um, you know, a couple of couple of kids as well. Uh, so that you know that that was really my my my, my intro my intro tutorial. Yeah. I must ask you, Philip, and to you as well, Jim. What were your first games, and what do you remember about your first game? Right. So everyone remembers their first footy game, but. What was it about the first Orient game you remember and got you hooked? Okay. Um, I mean, probably the first game I really, really remember was the first, the first game of the, I guess, what, what season would it be? Probably be the, the 17, 18 season. I think that's when I first got my, I first got my season ticket. Up to then, I'd just been going, you know, to the odd, you know, to the odd match. Um, I think, you know, the atmosphere was, was, was just amazing at the club. And I think it was a time when obviously we were, we were in the National League and we'd gone down from from League Two, and that that story has been well told. We're not going to not going to tell that story that story here. Um, but I think you know the the atmosphere was there, and you know the fans were behind the team, and I think there was a real feeling that with you know you know with Justin on board, and you know perhaps we'll talk a little bit about Justin later. Um, there was a real feeling that we could you know we could make the transition back into back into league football, and it was just it was just an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, and for for me, my first my first game was. Um, a few years ago, but I'll, I'll tell you a couple a couple things that resonated with me was first of all, uh, I'd never been uh, you know I'd never been to the high street uh, before I came to my first match. So uh, I travel in from uh, the west, so on the tube. And what struck me was uh, when I got off uh, at the uh, you know tube stop, uh, the the number of supporters. Uh, coming up the stairs, coming down, traveling down the high street. Uh, we stopped in uh, and we got uh, we got some Italian food uh, before the match. And, you know, you could just feel, you know, it was a couple hours early. Uh, and I when my kids are playing, I used to love uh, going a couple hours early because you can really feel uh, the energy building before before a game. And uh, so we're in there having our pizza, having a Peroni, getting ready. And literally, you know, over the course of the the, the ninety minutes, uh, the place was packed, and then you cut across the common into the ground, and uh, it's just, you know, for me, yeah. it was, you know, you really can, you know, feel uh, the the community, right? And you feel, uh, you know, you see all the people that uh, are, are traveling in for the match, but also the local people that are going to the matches. And it's that really that combination that I think, you know, then obviously you go into the ground and it's, you know, it's phenomenal, uh, phenomenal experience. Uh, uh, and so so for me, it was as much about what was going on outside the stadium in the community. And then afterwards, uh, uh, you know, into the coaches and horses and, you know, you really, you know, it's, it's a great day out. Uh, and it's fantastic, the, you know, the support. Uh, and the communal aspect of it, you know, I just find to be, you know, it's, 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 it's for me, that's as good as what's going on inside, inside of the ground. 
Yeah, no, I completely second that. I mean, I, th I think that, that I think Jim's spot on um, when he talks about that aspect of the club. So for me, really, you know, I've been a, I've been a season ticket, you know, probably four or five years. So, you know, when the opportunity to become a, you know, become a partner as well as a supporter arose, you know, I knew this was the right moment to grab it. You know, an opportunity, opportunity came up, um, you know, to do the sleeve sleeve sponsorship. So Sterling's technology is the is, is the sleeve sponsor for the men's men's first team um it was really a no no brainer for me i mean you know lake norwin is is the most successful london football club you know in recent history you know they've won two league titles in the last sort of five years i think not only are they successful on the pitch but as as jim said off the pitch i think the sort of the culture the community engagement the fan engagement fostered by you know the chairman nigel Travers and the principal investors kent and people like jim and cody parry i think they are really are second to none you know, within the game, I don't think there's any other club that you can say has this level of culture and 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 engagement. And for me, to make an investment as well as being a shareholder, to make a, you know, a partnership investment, that was really that was really really important for me. So I'm glad yeah. I'm glad that Jim has highlighted that because I I completely agree with him. I also I think what was really interesting for 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 me personally was when we were announced uh, as the front of shirt sponsor, and it kind of made its way through the uh, through the uh, property industry. I can't tell. I, I, I bet I got 25 phone calls that day from uh, people that I knew in the industry for many years, but who called me to say, you're not going to believe this. You know, I'm a late Orient supporter. You know, in fact, uh, uh, one of one of the guys that is involved uh, in Chelsea, uh, who, I, who we do some business with, said this is he said, you're finally part of your community. This is this is the this is the quintessential london club and and you know yeah. being sort of welcomed into that but seeing the enthusiasm uh from folks that uh have been you know lifelong supporters uh you know the o's yeah. it's just, it was just you know that it, you could feel the intensity uh and it, it's for us as a yeah. as a business being attached to that and associated yeah. with that it's really healthy it's really it, yeah, right. you know it's really helpful for us yeah i mean i mean I, you know i'll give you an example you know there are there are late neurons all over the world in the most unusual places. So I'll give you an example. I was in New York last week on a business trip. I met two Leighton Orient supporters just randomly on this trip. One guy I met, he was a partner at EY. I met him in a I met him in a in a bar. We were we, we were eating together, sitting next to each other. We started talking, you know, obviously we got onto Leighton Orient as you do. Yeah. And he said, Oh, by the way, I was at the I was at the Blackpool game. Can you what? <laughs> so he's a big he's a big cricket fan. So he, he 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 was up he was up there, you know, you know, for for cricket. But he also went to a, you know, went to the Blackpool match. And then I met another guy. Um, I went to a conference actually while I was out there. I met another guy who you know used to work for Amazon. He said, "Oh, I'm a massive fan. I used to go. To, I used to you know 30 years ago when I lived in Leighton. I used to go, I used to go, I used to go and watch Leighton Orient." So, I mean, you just you just meet these people all over the place, like literally, wow. and they're just so enthusiastic. They're so enthusiastic about it, and it's just it is when that happens, you think to yourself, "Yeah, you know, I really have made the right decision." There are people out there that absolutely love the club. Yeah, they love it. The Orient diaspora. The Orient the diaspora. Great, the great O. The great O diaspora. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're everywhere in the in places that you'd least expect us. Uh, to be as well, you know, literally on every continent, um, yeah. there's a Leighton Orient fan, no question or a doubt about that. Um, Philip, you're, um, you work for Sterling Technology. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that for those that perhaps don't know. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, so Stone Technology, we're a, a US headquarters sort of software company. Um, our principal product is a is a platform called a virtual data room, which is used for facilitating uh, transactions such as M&A transactions, uh, fundraisings, real estate transactions. So essentially, it's a platform for sharing confidential information during the course of a deal. So typically, the seller will upload information, uh, you know, sell the, the seller of an asset uh, will upload information about the asset, about the target onto our platform, and they'll use the platform to share that information with potential investors and potential buyers. And they're doing it in a very sort of secure or in a compliant way in which they can control who's looking at what information and what, what the recipients do with that information. So it's a, it's a platform for very secure information sharing during sort of high stakes transactions. So gents, the O's are now uh, a League One club. The season has started with eight games in. What are your thoughts on the season so far? I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a difficult start, but the O's are starting to show their true colours now and come through it. What What are your thoughts on the start of the season? Well, I I think the the my my perspective would be they're showing the true colours, right? And Richie uh, Richie's got these guys uh, playing together. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, League One is a different it's a different animal, uh, and I think they found that uh, early on. What what uh, I've found, and I'm uh, certainly not an expert, uh, but what I've found is that's most uh, invigorating uh, is that, you know, the way they fought back, right? And uh, particularly in the, you know, I thought the Blackpool match, uh, which uh, was actually played uh, on the, I, I was streaming it in the United States uh, on the day my son was married. And uh, so they were trying to usher me to the uh, church, and I'm like, "Hold on, hold on, we got, we got, we got, we're an extra time." And uh, but I do think uh, he's got the lads, uh, you know, really believing. And look, I think going forward, the, the, it's important as as we've seen. It's the uh, it's the injuries, right? If we can stay healthy, uh, it's the key. And there's you know, it's a long season, uh, so uh, I think the the key to the whole thing is. Uh, a uh, Richie keeps keeps the boys uh, on the on the up and up, but more importantly, I think if he can keep them healthy, uh, you know, rotating and, and the rest of it, you know, hopefully we uh, you know we can keep some consistency here because the last you know uh, the last couple of uh, matches have been fantastic, particularly you know the Exeter went away. Yeah, no, I agree with everything um, Jim says. I mean, it is it is a long season. You know, there is um there's you know. 46 matches to play um and you know this it, it, it's early days right but i think you know we have shown flashes of brilliance i mean i think the cambridge uh the cambridge match was outstanding i think we were outstanding we dominated um the game and they were the league leaders at that at that at that time um you know we have beaten the league leaders twice now so i think we can only beat the league leaders <laughs> maybe that is one of the takeaways uh from this from this season so far but i think you know it, it it is a step up from League Two, um, League League Two to League One. Um, I think it, it it is a period of consolidation. I think Nigel said this, you know, several times. Um, you know, we're not you know we're not looking to get promoted in one season. I think that would be that would be crazy. I think financially it wouldn't it wouldn't work for the club either because I think you need to really have a really deep investor base to play in the championship because obviously the level of funding required there is, is much higher. So we I won't stand in their way if they get yeah, promoted. Yeah. Though. yeah. But I think I just think, need I think to check it, out, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it is a I think it is a seat. I think it is a season where we have to have to consolidate. I think we will. I think we will do well. I think we've shown that we can we can do well. 
I think injuries obviously have been have been a problem. I think losing Lawrence Vigoro was obviously um, you know that that is a big blow because I think he really helped us to win the title last season. I mean Lawrence Vigoro was his stats are just incredible. What he did and the way that he marshaled the defence as well. Um, I think the, the defence won the title for us uh, last season. That, that's my that's my that's my view anyway. Um, so I think you know you know there's there's been changes you know on the goalkeeping side. Um, but I think I think I think we will continue to do well. I think if we all get behind the club and not get too panicked about the first you know half a dozen games or whatever, yeah. where there's been, there's been some positives, there's been some negatives. I think we will we will see we will start to see the consistency come through as the season progresses. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, so those what those are your thoughts on what's happened already this season. What are your hopes for us? Like, where do you, where would you like to see us come the end of the season? Obviously, the obvious answer is obviously not in a relegation dogfight at all. <laughs> and much has been spoken by Richie and the board about top eight, middle eight, bottom eight. But I guess before the season started, Jim, do you have any aspirations? Was it sort of mid mid table just to to have one of those consolidated seasons? I think um, what I've learned sports and through business is that. You know, outcomes uh, can sometimes be outsized, right? Uh, in what, uh, in speaking to Richie uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was fantastic, he echoed what what I've learned in business and in sport, which is um, there's a process, right? And, and you got to go through that process and trust the process. And over time, the results will generally be there, right? Uh, and if you set, uh, if your higher focus is you got to get to this result or this place in the standings or in the table or what have you. And if we don't get there, we're going to consider it to be, you know, it will either be outperforming or underperforming. And what I've found is that uh, particularly if you can take a little bit of a longer view, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that uh, we shouldn't all be anxious about where we finish in the uh, in the league this year. Uh, I think it's a, it's a year uh, which is, you know, stability, right? If we can create uh, stability within the club, in League One, uh, and then form, you know, a, uh, a springboard going forward. And whether that's, you know, with new uh, capital coming into the club, or there's a lot of other things that are that, that could obviously happen. But I, I think for this year, it's uh, it, it, for the most part, it's let's get that, you know, continue with that process uh, and, and make sure that we, you know, obviously stay up. Number one, number two, if show we can be competitive. Uh, with virtually anybody uh, in the league, uh, it's a question of can he do that consistently? Do we have the depth uh, in order to do that? And then the last thing I would say is that uh, you know it, it feels to me, and I'm again I'm a I'm a I'm a, a neophyte when it comes uh, to Orient. You know I've I don't view this as uh, my club or anything like that. I view this as you know uh, I'm a steward and uh, a long history of a place that's really really special. And my goal uh, is that uh, is that that continues right And the uh, whether that's the communal nature of, this, uh, of the club, whether it's uh, match day continuing to be just you know one of the best days out in all of London, uh, uh, along with you know some some success uh, in the uh, in, in the league and uh, the wins and the losses. That's you know that that those are personally my goals. Uh, and let's see, right? Uh, trust Richie, trust Nigel. Uh, we've got a great uh, staff. Uh, you know, Mark Devlin and Ravi Patel, and these guys are fantastic. So, you know, to me, it's can we continue? You know, is that continuity going to be there? And can we build on it uh, going forward? 
you know, and win win enough games uh, so that we feel like uh, we're we're continuing to make progress that way as well. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely right, Jim. So I think obviously for me, you know, the, the desire is that obviously that we that we remain in we remain in League One. Uh, but secondly, is that we we delight the supporters. Okay, I think you know we need to delight them. We're not going to win every single match, but we need to delight them. You know, principally on the pitch, but also also off the pitch as well. So the whole match day experience has got to be really really excellent. Um, you know, you know flashes of brilliance like we like we showed. You know, or, or games of brilliance like we showed. You know, Cambridge was fantastic. Exeter, you know, win, winning away against Exeter and winning at home against Cambridge, an amazing experience. If you're if you're there in person, or if you're watching that on the stream obviously if you're allowed to watch on the stream um you know it is, is an amazing experience for people so i think we need to continue to provide them with an amazing experience we need to continue to uh, make sure the club is sustainable going forward that we don't you know we're not doing crazy things at the club and that we are we are providing you know you know a very exceptional level of engagement with this with the with the supporters with the community giving them the opportunity to have a conversation with with the club, which I, I think the club is doing, I think the club is exceptional in it, in its level of communication and engagement with with the with the fans. And I think if we continue to do that, and also obviously stay stay up, stay in stay in League One, consolidate, and then slowly build the squad over time. It may take a year, it may take two years, it may take three years. Slowly build build our strength and build our build our competence. And then you know when we're ready to make that push. For a higher league, you know, we'll be we'll be ready. You've spoken about amazing experiences. Um, what's your favourite Orient moment so far since following the club? I mean, the last four years have been fantastic in terms of winning the national league and league two. But what what what's your standout moment so far? Just... Well, uh, the, the 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 obvious one would be the clinch. Uh... And being one of the uh, invaders of the pitch, I've, I've got a picture of myself next to the uh, next to the uh, uh, sign saying, you know, uh, no invading the pitch, etc. Uh, <laughs> and I'm saying that, uh, you know, has been sent around to my entire uh, contact base. But uh, that was that was uh, that was a great day. But but honestly, I think uh, I, I would say it's not one individual moment. What what I've enjoyed more than anything is bringing uh friends family and their kids uh to the ground um you know and having it be you know friendly uh that way and seeing you know a kid uh you know a seven-year-old kid for the first time you know going to a live match uh and they can actually get close to the pitch you know the players come over and they're uh, give them a give them a high five and the rest of it and seeing that joy on a, on a young uh, girl or young uh, boy's face uh, to be part of all that. That's, you know, to me, you know, is it was a great, you know, uh, uh, you know, when, when we uh, when we clinched, of course it was. But then there are these massive moments where, you know, kids uh, and families, uh, it really pulls them together. And those kids, you know, I've got a friend of mine that said, my son will never forget that, you know, and that to me, you know that's that's you know that that's as good as uh as, as winning championships it really is yeah um that's a really good that was a really good moment yeah so for me i think for me probably the, the most memorable moment was um final match of the 2018-19 season i think it was braintree at home um <laughs> running onto the again also also running onto the pitch i've, I've never ever well, so not, I'm certainly not invaded a professional football pitch in my life. I've been a couple of amateur ones, but um, invading the pitch. I was actually there with my with my 13 year old son as well. Um, so running onto the pitch with Charlie, uh, seeing um, you know our you know our beloved you know Justin Edinburgh, you know to whom we owe so much. 
you know, we, we owe so much to Justin, seeing him and Nigel um, lifting, you know, the National League um, in a title trophy, you know, or it was back in the EFL after, you know, two seasons in that, in that awful, in that awful National League, you know, see, see, you know seeing them do that on, on the pitch, I think that probably was the, so far, that's the favourite moment, so, favorite far, moment so yeah. far, yeah. yeah. Would you say that's your most memorable game then? Although the game itself wasn't particularly, well, it wasn't memorable for the right reasons. Wasn't no. it? it was a bit of a drab nil-nil, but. The emotions getting ready to go and, you know, the players were jumping up and down, the fans were jumping up and down. I remember, I think, um, Dean Brill, who, you know, he's not a small, he's not a small guy, he's Dean, he's being lifted above someone's head. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bit of a dubious expression on his face <laughs> while, it, while, while it was happening. Um, and then, you know, you know, Nigel and Justin, you know, lifting, lifting that, that trophy. Um, and I, I think you know we should say you know this club owes such a lot, such a debt of gratitude to Justin for what he did, the way he pulled the club you know back together. I mean you know when he joined the club was heading for you know conference you know south. Let, let's be let's be let's be frank about it. We owe such a lot to him, and the fact that you know we, we still remember him today. I think that is right. I think that is right and proper. Say so one other memorable moment for me was uh, this summer when we. Uh, when we made the decision to uh, to become the front of shirt sponsor, uh, I went over. I guess it was probably in mid July, uh, and got to meet a whole load of the staff, from uh, the guys taking care of the pitch uh, to the, uh, uh, the the folks in the office. You know that you really, you know that you don't, you wouldn't ordinarily meet. Um, but the passion that they have for the club uh, and the excitement they have for what's going on, I th- you know, that again, you can learn a lot about a business and you can learn a lot about a team based off of how they treat uh, the folks that are there every day doing the stuff when nobody's watching. Uh, and for me, that was, you know, again, you, you sort of you have these moments. Uh, uh, the guys that were, you know, rolling out the new or seeding the new uh, field and talking about what was happening with uh, uh, the bench area and the rest of it. I mean, these guys take, you know, it's personal to them. It's not a job. This is, you know, this is something that's important to them. And they view this, you know, as an extension of their family. And that that's, you know, for for us as sponsors or, you know, shareholders, that's, that's important. You got to take that stuff seriously. I mean, that's, a, you know, again, yeah. that's why we're stewards as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, owners. Yeah. In terms of the sponsorship, um, what, what, what are your hopes for ship? What are you hoping it will bring us in terms of to your brands and ball club? Yeah, for us, um, and I don't need to you guys, uh, minor league uh, English football has absolutely exploded. And we all owe a debt of gratitude in terms of uh, uh, globalizing uh, uh, the brand of uh, minor league British football to uh, to you know to Ted Lasso and the uh, and Ryan Reynolds and these guys. I mean, <clears throat> If, if you, I actually think, I'm going to make a statement, I think that minor league football is way cooler in the U.S. Uh, than, uh, than Premier League football. Yeah. And think about it. You got Tom Brady now in Birmingham. Uh, you have J.J. Uh, uh, Watt in Burnley. Obviously, they've got some premiership. But uh, in speaking to J.J. this summer, uh, his wife is very good friends with my daughter. And he just just looking at it through the eyes of you know great American athletes and great American brands and the rest of it, you can see uh, you know that it, it's totally transformed uh, whatever the it factor you know of these clubs, which for us is is important, right? When when uh, people look at the Eastell brand and they say 
you guys are associated with something that we we really think is interesting, we value. That's a big deal for us, right? That's a really big deal for us. And I think it's something that <clears throat> uh for 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 me personally uh super enjoyable right it's just uh, like when you're, you're sort of in your day-to-day -day, you know there's always ups and downs in the business there's always stuff going you always have that to look forward to right the match in the middle of the week the match on the uh you know the, on the website it's something that you know it sort of get, it gets in your uh you know under your uh under your skin and it becomes part of it so um uh i think it's only going to continue there are only a handful of these clubs in the world, right? And they all sort of sit on this island. And it's different here, honestly, than it is anywhere else. It's tribal. I mean, it is absolutely tribal. And uh, that's that for me, that's what makes it so special. Yeah, I think Jim's right. I mean, you know, we, we do owe a little bit of a debt of gratitude to Wrexham. Um, I mean, they, they have sort of facilitated an explosion of interest in lower league football in in the US. I mean, they did a they did a preseason tour, um, you know, this year. I think they played Chelsea in the preseason and they sold out 1000 capacity yeah. stadia, literally 51000 capacity stadium was sold out. Fans from all over the US, from all 50 states came, you know, bought tickets and came to watch that. If you go into any bar, I mean, I, you know, again, I was in, like I, said, I, was, I was in New York last week, I was in this bar where I met, I met the, the partner from EY who'd been to the Blackpool match. And there was literally, it was a like Wrexham documentary playing on the, yeah. on the TV and everyone, everybody was like watching it like it was the Oscars. You know, it was just, it's just crazy the amount of interest there is in, in, in lower league football. Rightly so, because it is very, very exciting. It's like, it's I think already had a slogan a couple of years ago, real football in the capital, right? You know, real football in the capital. That is, that is exactly, uh, what it is. So, you know, for us, for selling technology, you know, A, it was something I could do, the sponsorship. I'm, I'm I'm the chief strategy and marketing officer for Sterling. So it was something I could do, but also something I wanted to do because um, I know that Orient want to globalize their fan base. They're particularly interested in the US, obviously, it's a massive market. I think if we can tap into the US market and get more, more overseas fans, that helps the club in terms of if we can sell, you know, another extra, whatever, I'm just pulling figures out of the air, a million streaming passes, you know, for overseas fans, that would be amazing. Right. You know, we can, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know, you know, the, the objective of globalizing the fan base, I think a really good one. So, you know, the fact they want to do it in the US, we we're trying to grow our brand brand in the US as well. So, you know, we're a European company. We were acquired by a US firm last year. So we're also trying to globalize you know globalize our brand and you know globalize, you know, you know, you know, you know, improve our brand in the US market. So I think there's a real good alignment between what we're trying to do and what we want to do uh, as a as a firm. What one other thing that we're we're focused on is um uh and I think there may be uh I don't want to uh, steal the thunder but the the women's uh club there's going to be an opportunity for a front of shirt sponsorship. We mm -hmm. we I think I'm very passionate about uh uh women's football. Obviously uh there are a load of uh, uh uh teams over here that are adopting that. Uh, I, we uh, we think that uh, it can super diversify yeah. uh, the product. Uh, I mean, you saw just how interested, how much interest there was in the World Cup. Uh, my daughter having played for the U.S. team, and then she played up front with Sam Kerr, uh, who's the best player in the world. You heard it here, the best player in the world. Uh, uh, and she played obviously plays for Chelsea. Uh, I invited her to come play for Leighton Orient. We're we're we're. We're still working through a little bit of that, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll see. But we do think it's another way. Uh, it's a way to reach into the community. It's a super healthy, dynamic, 
uh, with uh, girls and young women uh, uh, in terms of the you know, uh, confidence and so forth that it gives them. And I, we think that it's a great way, uh, again, to diversify the product uh, and create, um, you know, just create another vertical uh, for the club uh, uh, to, you know, for customers and sponsors uh, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. I must ask, um, guys, I can't, we can't have the kind of front of shirt sponsor and the sleeve sponsor on the podcast without asking them what their favorite shirt is right so we've got a lovely red and white number we've got a, a blue away number and, a, and an all white uh number what's your favorite and what do you wear to the that you go to um okay so firstly i mean i'm a, I'm a 55 year old man so i don't look very good in a in a football shirt unfortunately um so i don't i don't tend to really wear uh football shirts to matches but i mean i guess my favorite shirts i mean obviously the red is the classic you know the red is the classic orient color i love the red um, I really like the blue as well, the away, the away blue. So for me, those are the, I guess those are the two, but you know, have to go for the red because that, that, that is, that is the yeah. red. Yeah. Well, we've got, uh, actually the blue are our corporate, uh, colors, which are just, uh, was a, uh, coincidence. Uh, so it is interesting that, uh, that some of our, so I'll talk about our people. Some of our people have gravitated toward the blue. Uh, interestingly, though, uh, I'm a traditionalist. Uh, I'm a big throwback jersey guy. I, I love the history. I think the history of the club is captured uh, in the red. Having said that, uh, I would say when you get into the 15 and under crowd, they love the white. Yeah, they love the white. Uh, it's a little cooler. It's a, you know, it's got the uh, uh, the gold yeah. on it, and the kids, I would say, feel like. I don't know, maybe it's a little more uh, avant-garde or whatever you want to call it, but it's got a little bit of the cool factor. So uh, we should probably go through and uh, and just do a little uh, uh, data digging to see. I would say guys like us, you know, the uh, 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 the, the 50 and over crowd, I think we like the uh, we like the uh, the reds, uh, the blues uh, selling very well for East Hill and its customers. Uh, not sure uh, where else. Yeah. And the whites for the uh, for the younger crowd. So the uh, we just need to get uh, I think we need to get a wrapper uh, to, you know, somebody or somebody like a Fred again or somebody to wear our uh, our white uh, to reach into the kids. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll 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 work on that. Yeah, I agree. So, so the white is for fifty-five year olds. The white is not very flattering. I have to say, obviously, you know. Uh, but but the teenagers. So my my teenagers went for the white. So they 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 definitely did the white shirt. I think they can wear it out as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, they like that. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Very bougie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for both of your time. Appreciate so much and and the openness that you've had it's really interesting and and just i guess just one thing to end on uh jim we can't let you go without asking about your shrine your <laughs> shrine in your office you need to tell people because obviously no one's got a visual so you just need to tell us a little bit about that before we let you go right so we've just moved offices so we're here in the mean streets uh of mayfair uh and uh, <laughs> uh uh and we moved offices and my only requirement uh for the offices you know, two really. One that the tech worked, uh, and two is that uh, we had a, a conference. We have an Orient conference room, uh, and we've got the scarves. I'm getting uh, the shirt put up. I'm gonna uh, this weekend when I see Richie. I'm gonna have he and uh, Beckles and the guys all sign uh, shirts uh, so we can put them up in here. And I, I, I got to tell you, we have we have the biggest uh, real estate investors on the planet come through our offices. It is amazing. They stop here. 
all you want to talk about, one of our partners from Singapore, and he couldn't believe it. He said, I am an Orient fan. I'm an Orient fan. <laughs> nice. Literally, I could not believe it. He had lived here and he had been an Orient fan. And uh, he came in, we were trying to, you know, sell him some real estate. And all he wanted to talk about was being, you know, going to Brisbane Road and all the rest of it. So there you go. It's, uh, but uh, we got to get you guys out here. You got to come over uh, and uh, and visit us, please. Ready when you are. Ready when you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So that concludes the interview with Philip and Jim. I must say that was a, an amazing interview. So much engaging content. It was really great to speak to those guys. You can tell their heart and soul uh, is in Leighton Orient Football Club. And originally we were going to put that out in the forthcoming episode 330, but we felt we had it, uh, so much great stuff from both of those chaps that we just went ahead and thought we'd put it out as a separate interview to give you your weekly dosage of the Iron Outlook podcast and I think we made the right decision there an absolutely sterling interview so thanks to Jim and Philip again for making the time to speak to us and we hope everyone's enjoyed that so that is it thanks for joining us for a very special Iron Outlook podcast interview episode absolutely so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe please give the podcast a five star rating if you're listening on Spotify don't forget you can now rate the show there's an option there that you can do that. You can even leave a comment. That's a new feature in Spotify. And you can do that episode by episode. So please do, if you get the chance, don't forget to follow us or add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider, as that way you'll always get the episodes as soon as they are available. We're also on Smart Speakers. We're on the Fan Hub app. And we're also on YouTube now. So listening to the podcast has never been easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, a new friend, a new season ticket holder that's sitting near you who you think would be interested in hearing more interviews like this with great people, grab their phone, help them download it and pass the pod. Great stuff. So once again, a final thank you to both uh, Jim and Philip for their time. Great people. It's so great to have them at Orion. And we'll be back with episode 330 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.